As you're being seated, I'd love for you to turn in your Bibles uh, to the book of Psalms. Psalm 78 is where we're going to spend uh, our time together. And if you weren't here last week and uh, you're wondering, wait a minute, I thought we were going through First John together this summer. And we are. Uh, we're going to get back there next week. We're kind of taking just two weeks off. Uh, last week, we thought about and looked at what is our kind of posture and attitude, attitude towards our city and our communities, the people that we live around, and talked about being uh, loving. And uh, this week, we're going to think about this theme that you see uh, before you say, uh, we're going to say yes to the next generation, and we're going to use Psalm 78 uh, to kind of help us do that. Uh, if you're new to the Bible, you have Old Testament, New Testament, kind of two main sections. Psalms is in the Old Testament. If, uh, if you're using a Bible like mine, kind of middle of the Bible, uh, and Psalm 78, if you have a device, it should be pretty easy. Just hit Psalm and you're there, uh, 78. So... Um, and as we think about uh, this theme before us today, saying yes to the next generation, um, I feel like it's important uh, as one of your pastors just to kind of acknowledge and uh, just, uh, yeah, just acknowledge, especially for those that are unaware of some pretty significant changes uh, that are taking place for one of our, our ministries, our children's ministry, uh, again, impacts the next generation. Some of you uh, get our emails, many of you get our emails. If you don't, send an email to our office and we'll make sure you're on our list. But we communicated these changes, but just want to, again, for those that maybe unaware, and I think it's important just to put these out there as we think about this theme and what does it mean today for Hope Church to say yes to the next generation. So two pretty significant changes, uh, leadership changes within our children's ministry here at Hope Church. First, uh, it relates to uh, Ashley Manier. Some of you know Ashley, uh, maybe some of you don't. Ashley uh, joined our administrative team in our office in 2012. Uh, I had the privilege of being part of the team that hired uh, her and Ashley for uh, a few years now has been uh, dealt administratively with both our children's ministry and our youth ministry. She worked within both uh, ministries the last year and a half. She has worked specifically within children's ministry. And these last several weeks, um, since really the middle of May... Uh, till right now, uh, Ashley has served as our interim children's ministry director. Uh, she drastically increased her hours, put a lot more hours in work in, and uh, in the midst of the circumstances we find ourselves as a church, she really stepped up. So you go back to the spring, and Ashley let us know in the spring that she had accepted a role, uh, a teaching position at Rise and Shine Preschool uh, here in town. Some of you send your uh, kids there or will send your kids there. And Ashley's going to be one of their kindergarten teachers. And uh, she let us know that in the spring. And, and we were, uh, you know, starting to work through the process of looking for her replacement. And then everything kind of hit. And we've been in this situation ever since. So, but Ashley's last day in our office is Thursday. And uh, so if you see Ashley today... Uh, thank her, show appreciation to her. She's not going anywhere. I mean, she's, her and her family are still going to be a part of Hope Church, um, but uh, in a different uh, role. Second uh, pretty significant change is uh, related to Liz Durbin, uh, our children's ministry director. And uh, uh, over these weeks, several weeks, or really since, again, the middle of May till now, uh, Liz has been on paid administrative leave, um, given the circumstances we're in and how they affect her and her family. Uh, and many of you have been asking and wondering, is Liz going to be able to return um, into her role as our full-time children's ministry director? And we shared this week via an email uh, that Liz and her family came, have come to a decision. Uh, and they are unable 
um, to come back. Uh, well, Liz will be unable to return to her role for a variety of reasons. Uh, she will be unable to return uh, to her role. So we as a team, as a leadership team, we fully support and understand uh, Liz's decision. Um, this uh, obviously is going to be a tremendous loss uh, for our team, our church, our children's ministry. Um, and I uh, just want to let you know that Liz uh, is planning to be here uh, in both our services on Sunday, August 6th. So if you mark that on your calendar, just love for you to be here. Uh, she's going to share a little bit publicly uh, with you. Uh, her and her family will be, they'll be moving uh, out of Brunswick, and uh, she'll share more about that uh, with you. And uh, again, if you could be here on the 6th, we'll have a little reception in our cafe so you can talk with them, show your love and appreciation to them uh, before they do leave um, Brunswick. So with all that going on, <laughs> A logical question then is, so what are, what's happening then with the children's ministry here at Hope Church? Like, what are we going to do? What are we doing? What are the plans? Those types of things. And so I just want to put a few things before you, and then we'll move into Psalm 78. So first, I want to let you know, our, the goal of our leadership uh, is to hire a full-time person to oversee our children's ministry. Uh, we have begun that process uh, to some degree. We have resumes, and we're looking at those, and we're praying through those, and we've started a conversation, and it's very preliminary, uh, but that process has begun. But you also need to know that, that the, this process can take some time. And uh, we really just don't want to hire someone just to have a body. You know, in this role, we want to make sure it's the right person. And um, so we want to prayerfully approach this. And uh, so that has begun. Um, and I just want to let you know, you know, as a, as a team, as a leadership team, as we move into this, and even as a congregation, I think we would all say we move into this with heavy hearts. Like that's, it's something we know we have to do. Um, but our hearts are grieving um, as we even move forward uh, into it. So in the meantime, because um, we're not going to have someone next week. Um, so what are we going to do in the meantime uh, to, over, to help give, provide leadership to our children's ministry? So what we've asked is Pastor David, who oversees our youth ministry, Ignite, our student ministry, to oversee, give some more leadership to both uh, the, the kids' ministry and our youth ministry. We're providing some additional administrative support for him. Uh, our leadership team is kind of pitching in in different ways to fill in gaps uh, that need to be filled in. And, uh, and that's kind of the plan uh, moving forward. And I want to let you know that our team really still believes pretty strongly in our responsibility to invest and in, in, in pour into the next generation. That's something that is still strong, a passion of ours, a priority of ours here at Hope Church. Uh, our children's ministry and youth ministry, uh, we allocate a lot of dollars to those ministries. We allocate a lot of people to those ministries. Uh, we think they are vitally important. They're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. And that's, some, that's our passion, that's our priority, that's our perspective. And uh, so we go into the search knowing we need the right person. We are come alongside Pastor Dave. And you'll actually get to hear from him after I speak. I'm going to talk for a little bit. And then you'll get to hear from him this morning too about how can you practically say yes to the next generation? What do we need? How, where do we need help? Um, especially in these weeks ahead and months ahead. Um, but I love, that gets us to Psalm 78. 
And I want us to look at this psalm because this is one among many passages of scripture that kind of give us this. What is our responsibility as a local church to the next generation? Like, what is the responsibility of the older generation? I'm going to clearly define older generation. <laughs> so you're not wondering, am I in the older generation or am I not? You know, like teeter, like, am I there? If you are 18 and older, I'm going to put you in the older generation. So like, I'm there. Many of you are there. It's okay. We're all there. Like, let's just embrace that. We're all in the older generation. We are not 18 anymore, you know? And uh, even though sometimes our minds tell us we are, we try to do things that are stupid, uh, we're not, you know, we're not there. So that's like, what is our, that generation's responsibility to the ones coming behind us? And the attitude we want to have here at Hope Church You've heard this phrase before, but we want to continually say yes to them. Yes in our presence, yes in our availability, yes in our prayers. We want to say yes to the next generation. So let's learn a little bit from Psalm 78, and then you'll hear kind of some practical things from Pastor David. Um, But let me read. The, just these eight verses. We're not going to look at all of them. There's 72. So you could say, <laughs> I'm thankful, I'm sure. And we're not going through all of these, but just eight verses today. Psalm 78 says this. Oh, my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter hidden things from of old. What we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us, We will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power in the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law of Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their forefathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. So just eight verses out of Psalm 78. We approach the book of Psalms with a diversity of experiences and backgrounds and knowledge and um, the book of Psalms isn't just uh, information to be read. These were actually, if you don't know this, these uh, were actually songs to be sung. Uh, this was the people of God, people of Israel, this was their song book. And this is what they went to for music. And, and it's interesting, uh, when I was uh, growing up, grew up uh, attending a church with our family, uh, before there were overhead projector, or yeah, these types of projectors on the ceiling, you know, before our church got what was called an overhead projector. Uh, some of you remember that. Some of you have, what in the world's an overhead projector? Uh, you know, but, but before our church got one of those, we sang from a book. And that book was called a hymnal. And, and some of you are like, what is a hymnal? That is fascinating. No, so you had this book and it was filled with songs and it had numbers and you turned to that number and you sang from the book, the hymnal, if you will. And, and then we moved on to overhead projector and, you know, did all that. And, uh, but anyway, th- like this is, th- these pages, these, these words, even Psalm 78 is a song. And we don't know the tune necessarily, but it was a song that was written to remind the older generation, and you remember who you are now, 
remind the older generation in this psalm of their responsibility to invest in the generation coming behind them, to teach the generation behind them, to tell the generation behind them about who God is, what he's done, to invest, to help shape who they are, to help cultivate environments where they, these, this younger generation, can develop their faith in the God that they're following. And what this psalmist does is he writes this song that they were to sing to be reminded of this responsibility. And friends, this responsibility didn't stop after the song, but it's still the same responsibility 2,000 years later today. We still have this responsibility to pass on our faith to the next generation, to help them, to teach them, to model for them What does it look like to follow God? Now, where does the ultimate, I mean, where does the responsibility land? Obviously, uh, it lands with parents, with families, the home environment, parents, grandparents, single mom, single dad, mom and dad together. I mean, that's where it lands. But at the very same time, I want to say there is a responsibility for in within the body of Christ to come alongside as a congregation, the next generation and invest in them alongside parents. We really believe it does take a village, if you will, to raise a child. We have a community approach here at Hope Church. We're not saying it's just on the parents. There's a huge responsibility on the parents. But at the very same time, we have a huge responsibility as a congregation, family, to invest in and say yes to the next generation. Lori and I have been entrusted uh, with four children. And again, we, we feel this responsibility uh, many times, uh, the responsibility God has given to us to model for our kids, to teach our kids, to pray with our kids, to talk to our kids about the Bible, about God, to, to talk about it in the normal rhythms of our day around our table at night before they go to bed, on the way to a sporting event, on the way to the doctors, like just to to live out this faith. But I'm so thankful that we are part of a church body that, that my kids, our four kids, have other adults that care about them and teach their classes here on Sunday morning that are involved in our middle school ministry, that are involved in our high school ministry. These other adults that, that I think we all know as parents that there's going to be times, and there have already been times in our, as our kids have gotten older, that, you know, it is what it is. There are times that they will not feel comfortable maybe coming to us as a parent to share something. I think we all know that. Like, that's okay. But what Lori and I have told our kids is, who are the people that you can go to? Because we want them to be able to talk about whatever's on their heart, whatever they're burdened with, whatever they're struggling with. And, and we, there are some key adults that have come alongside our kids so that we've told them, if you can't share whatever it is with us, here's who you, and our kids feel comfortable with them. So it's this partnership together as parents and as the local church investing in the next generation. And that's our posture. We, like the psalmist says, our responsibility is to tell, is to tell the next generation. 
That's what the psalmist says. You see there back in verse 1, it says, Oh, my people, hear my teachings. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter hidden things, things from old. And here's the progression. Here's the responsibility to tell. What we have heard and known. So the knowledge we have in the experience, what we've heard with our ears, what we know with our head, and what we've experienced, those things, what does he say? What our fathers have told us, it's been passed to the next generation. We will not hide them. Keep them. Keep them secret from our children. We won't hide them. But instead, we will tell, we will communicate, we will model to the next generation. The children, the generations coming behind us. We will tell them. It's a responsibility now, what, what does the psalmist say uh, we're to tell them? He lists three things that we're to tell them. He says we're to tell the, of the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. We're to tell of his power and the wonders he has done. And it's interesting. I would encourage you maybe later on today or this week, you could read through all 72 verses in this psalm. And it's actually a fascinating rehearsing of all the history of Israel, the crossing of the Red Sea and how God delivered his people from Egypt. And, and what the psalmist is saying is, tell them, tell the next generation what you've seen me do in your midst. Don't keep these to yourself. But tell them. Kind of, let's look at that maybe in two ways. First, I think part of the telling is we need to tell and talk to our kids about and read the word of God with our kids. Maybe it's in the morning, maybe it's in the evening, maybe it's in the car, wherever it might be that like the word of God is just permeating through the normal rhythms of your life, not just here on weekends. So that's part of telling them what God has done. But at the very same time, I think God would want us to have such a walk with God or a relationship with God that these types of things are, we can give fresh testimonies in our own lives to what God is doing. Not just what he's done in the past, but what is he doing today in our families, in our homes, in our churches? And friends, this means that you and I have to have a walk with God outside of this room. If our kids, if this is it for our, for our families, like just coming to worship services at 9 or 11 or being involved in Wednesday night ministries or bringing them the youth group and this is all they see, like we're, we just do this, but when we get home, this stuff doesn't matter at home. Or when we're in the grocery store or when we're on the phone or when we're on social media and this faith that we talk about doesn't matter there. Our kids are smart. And they'll pick up on it quickly. That it's just a faith that is lived out in certain places around certain people. But separated from them, it doesn't matter. And I think what God, what the psalmist is calling people to is this, this relationship, this walk with God in all areas of our lives so that we can share fresh stories 
of praiseworthy deeds, power on display in the wonders he has done with our kids. They see it and we can share about it. It's interesting, the progression, what the, what the psalmist says, or the generations, you can see what it, the progression of the generations from one to the next. In verse five, it says this, he decreed statutes from Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach, uh, here's the generations, which he commanded our forefathers, first generation, to teach their children. There's the next generation. So the next generation would know them. Here comes the third. So even the children yet to be born, and even in turn, they would tell their children. So what the psalmist is looking out four generations, what our forefathers have said, they are to then tell their generation. And that generation is going to tell their children and their children is going to tell their children. It's, that's the progression. And that's the progress that God would want us to make. Why do we do this? Why? And I think the psalmist gives us the answer in verse 7. Why do we tell the next generation? Why do we invest in the next generation? The psalmist says in verse 7, then they would put their hope, or the NIV says trust, put their trust in God. That's what I long for my kids, that they put their hope in God. And they would do what it says here. They would not forget his deeds and they would keep his commands. They'd live for him. They'd walk with him. They'd follow him. I think that's what we all long for as we think of the generation coming behind us. And I want to just make one point and then we'll move into some kind of application. I want us to know like there's not this formula to this. There's not this in some way if we, cre if we do all this stuff, if we talk to our kids, if we read the Bible every day with our kids and we pray with our kids and bring them here and they're involved in these ministries and we, we see God's power on display and we're talking to our kids and there's this, there's this authentic walk with God and our kids are seeing it and, and they're seeing it not just from us as parents but they're seeing it from other adults and the church body as a whole. And, like, and then there's not this guarantee. Everything in me wants a guarantee that my kids will walk with God. And I think we all as parents, grandparents, we want that guarantee. But friends, I can't, I can't give it to you. All we can do is create environments where that, their faith can be developed. And for some of you right now as parents, like this is a real source of pain. You have children that are maybe still in your home or they've moved out and married, have kids of their own and and you just, I mean, when they were in your home, you just poured into them, prayed with them. They were involved in all, you know, youth group and kids classes. And they had other adults mentoring them and all that. And they still, right now at least, are not walking with God. And it just breaks your heart as a parent. So we need to be careful. There's not this guarantee. But we still have this responsibility to create environments in the home and within the local church for the next generation to see it modeled, to ask questions, and to be able to cultivate and develop their faith. So what might be some next steps as we think about saying yes? The next few things I want to share, I'm sharing them not just for you, but I want to let you know I'm sharing them from my own heart, for me. <laughs> These are things I need to be reminded of as a dad. First, embrace your role. I just want to let you know your role is important. 
You, we are in a variety of roles. Some of us are parents. Some of us are grandparents. Some are involved in our children's ministry already. Some are involved in our middle school or high school ministry. Like you have a role, whatever it might be. I want to let you know it's important. It matters. And you need to maybe hear that because culture might be telling you something different. Your very own kids might be telling you something different. I get that. <laughs> I really do. And maybe right now, whatever role you might be in, you're very discouraged. Am I really making it? Am I, is it worth anything? You're not seeing much change. You feel like your head's hitting a wall most of the time. You're not getting through. You're not connecting. You know, some of you, again, are involved in our kids' ministry, and you've been changing diapers for the last year. And I'm pretty sure not one of those babies on their way out said, thank you so much for changing my diaper. <laughs> you know, or, you know, you might uh, be involved in our middle school ministry. Maybe, you know, those students, not once did you hear, thanks for being here every week. You know, thanks for showing up. Thanks for going on that trip with us. And you're just like, is this really worth it? <laughs> I want to let you know your role is important. Embrace it. Step into it as much as you can. And I want to let you know, like we talked about earlier, your walk with God, your character matters. They're watching. They might not say it. Might not ask a lot of questions about it. But if you're around younger people, the next generation, like they're watching. And they're picking up on things. So remember, your role is important. I want to encourage us, and I need to hear it, to embrace each phase. Embrace each phase. Our youngest, Elsie, just turned eight this past week. And it was an interesting experience. She turned eight, and last night we were visiting friends who uh, had a newborn who was eight days old. And so here we are in their living room, and we're holding this eight-day-old baby. And I look at Elsie, who's our youngest, our baby, and she's eight. And I'm just, like we've all thought, where has the time gone? Like it just is a blur and it just flew by so fast. And time is so interesting. It, it, it flies by. We can't add to it. We can't take away. Sometimes it feels like it's moving at light speed and sometimes it feels like it's going at a snail's pace. And as we talk about uh, time as it relates to children, students here at Hope Church, a, a phrase we use is phase. That every phase of a child's life is different. So you have preschool, elementary, middle school, high school. Those are kind of the four phases, if you will, of a child's life. And every phase is unique, has unique challenges, and unique opportunities. And what we are trying to do is to embrace each of those, each of those phases. In the fall, we'll have a child in high school, two in middle school, and one in elementary school. Three of the phases represented in our home. Our oldest, Lily, is in a different place than our youngest, Elsie. They're thinking about different things, talking about different things. It's just so different. So they each need different things from us. So our role as parents, as middle school volunteers, high school volunteers, children's ministry volunteers, is to embrace that phase that child is in as much as we can. Uh, this, for, I like this statement. It says, when you see how much time you have left, you tend to get more serious about the time you have. On my phone, I don't have it with me. It's down on my seat, but I have this app. It's, it's, it's put out by uh, an organization called Orange, which is kind of the strategy we use here at Hope Church. And they have this app. 
And what you do is to help you understand time as it relates to your kids, the time you have with them, is you put in their birth dates and it tells you uh, the number of weeks you have left with them before they graduate. Now, for some of you, that's going to be a very sobering thing. Like, you're just going to ball your face off when you see that. But for some of you, like, it's, 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 some of you are like, man, I wish it was shorter. Like, I got that much time left? I mean, I thought it was going to be, you know, you're already planning the rooms when they're out, you know? Um, but, but, but what that app does, and I wish I looked at it more. I was just thinking about it a lot this week. Like, what that does is I look at it, you know, just I'll give you an example. Like, Lily, again, she'll be a freshman in the fall. We have 145 weeks left with her till she graduates. That's it. 145 weeks. And what you do is you realize the time you have is precious. What can I do this week? What can I do today to pour into her? What can we do as volunteers when you show up to teach or come alongside middle school students or high school students? What can we do today to pour in time? Over time, it's important. Embrace each phase. And then lastly, and kind of set up for David coming up and sharing, embrace the partnership. And what we mean by partnership is it's the home and the family working together, shoulder to shoulder, not one replacing another or being more important than another, but together the church investing as parents and the church come together to invest in the next generation and embrace it. If you're as parents, to get to know the volunteers that hang out and invest in and teach your kids classes every week. Get to know them. Do you know their names? Do you follow up with them? If you have middle school, high school students, do you know the volunteers, the adults that hang out with them every Wednesday and Sunday and go on trips with them and you share with them, like you, need, you should know this is going on in our home and, and then vice versa. The volunteers do the same with parents and families and pouring into them and coming alongside them and it's this partnership working together. I know for me, my personal story that, that as I look back on my childhood, I can think of seven specific adults that filled in the gaps for me in my childhood. When I was in elementary school, middle school, and high school, they taught my Sunday school classes. They went on the youth retreats with me. They talked to me about life and dating and what it meant to follow God and walk with God and purity. And we talked about all sorts of things. But these adults filled in the gaps that my parents couldn't. And together, they poured into me. And I don't think I'd be where I am today without them. So what we want to say to you today is what is your role? What is the, how do you say Yes to the next generation. What is your role? So I'm going to invite Pastor David up and he's going to share a little bit more uh, vision casting for the next generation here at Hope. Would you welcome David today? Well, good morning, Hope Church. Soon to be afternoon, Hope Church. If you are under the age of 20 years old, I want to know how many of you know the name of this song. I don't see one hand going up. If you're over the age of 20, how many of you have heard this song before and know who this artist is? This is the pioneer of contemporary Christian music and 
if history does repeat itself, I'm a little concerned about our fashion uh, in the next coming years. Um, you can cut that video, Jason. Um, I was actually at a camp this past uh, week, and uh, one of the questions was asked. They, they called everyone bo- who was born in the year 1998 or later uh, to the front. So there are 50 or so leaders. These are leaders of high schoolers. Uh, they came to the front, and the question was asked, about 30 years ago, if you were to leave your home, you would take something with you. You'd be make, make sure you took this with you. You'd take a dime. And then a few years later, they said you'd make sure you took a quarter. And then a few years later, they said you make sure you take a quarter and a dime. Why? Does anybody know the answer? Pay, pay phone. Not one person got that right uh, out of all of those people. It was absolutely incredible. Um, I didn't either, but I'm ex- I have the excuse. I grew up overseas. No pay phones over there. <laughs> Don't you just love sitting at the kids' table at Thanksgiving family dinners? I love the kids' table. Who here would honestly rather sit and listen to Uncle Terry talk about the increase in gasoline prices when your younger niece or nephew uh, is sticking a spaghetti noodle up his nose, pulling it out of his mouth and saying, check it out, I'm flossing my brain. (laughs) Uh, I stole that actually from a comedian. His name's John Christ. Uh, We had a great time even on our trip to high school camp listening to him uh, in the car. Um, We had an unbelievable time this past week uh, with some high schoolers here at Hope. And I can't wait to share uh, with you some of the more details. But um, one of our students said this on Friday night as we were eating dinner. He said, God knew this was just what I needed. Uh, so wonderful. Uh, and so, uh, anyways, I'm here to talk with you. Uh, thanks, Tom, for that wonderful introduction. Uh, I'm here to talk a few minutes about a generation, a generation of people that need you. And I care deeply about the group of kids and teenagers uh, that attend Hope Church. And I hope in a few minutes um, you will catch. Uh, Just a window, a peek into why that is the case. Uh, I want to read a story for you. This is from a book. It's called Growing Young. Uh, Just emphasizing um, what what are some of the essential strategies and things that churches are doing uh, as people are growing old out of the church and many young people are leaving the church. What are the ones that are thriving? What are the ones that are attracting young people to follow Jesus? And this story is told in here. This is what it says. Let me read it for you. Pastor, if I raise my finger, will God know which one I'm going to raise even before I raise it? 13-year-old Steve attended church every week with his parents. This particular Sunday, he had stayed after the worship service to ask his pastor this pressing question. The pastor replied, yes, God knows everything. Haunted by the plight of African children suffering from dire famine, Steve then pulled out a Life magazine cover depicting two children tormented by starvation. He asked the logical follow-up. Well, does God know about this and what's going to happen to those kids? The pastor gave a similar response. Steve, I know you don't understand, but yes, God knows about that. 
If you were Steve, would you be satisfied with the pastor's answer to your question? Steve wasn't. He walked out of his congregation that day and never again worshipped at a Christian church. The good, even remarkable news is that Stephen was drawn like a magnet to his faith community and his pastor specifically for, the ans- for answers to the dilemmas that troubled him most. The bad, even tragic news is that his pastor's short-sighted response repelled him from the faith community permanently. Even more disheartening is that the pastor failed to grasp the question behind Steve's question. Similarly to the young people in our congregation, Steve wasn't merely asking a question about the nature of suffering. Likely behind Steve's inquiry about children in Africa were more personal questions about life and faith. Perhaps Steve wondered why God would allow the suffering he himself had experienced in his 13 years, which included bullying at school, financial struggles at home, and most painfully being relinquished for adoption by his birth parents. As Steve was trying to make sense of the pain in our world, he wanted his own pastor to understand and help him make sense of his own pain. Maybe you have heard of Steve. His last name is Jobs. Steve Jobs, founder and CEO of Apple Incorporated, was a church-going teenager who wrestled with big questions. He sought out his church to help him pin down answers, but his congregation failed to understand what he was really asking. Um, That's gripping for me. Imagine if one of you helped Steve answer his question. Imagine if one of us said yes uh, to a 13-year-old Boy, Dave Featherland, Joe Shulman, Jim and Sherry Timberlake, Ralph and Kathy Trainer, Mike Goyden, Joel Trainer, John Carlson, Kelly Williams, Alan Briggs, Becky Barnes, Dave Thompson, Terry Newman. Uh, what do these names mean to you? Probably nothing compared what they mean uh, to me. These are names of adults who invested in my life birth through 18, and this doesn't even begin to tap into the many people that prayed for me consistently and faithfully, and I don't know where I would be without them. Who are those people for you? There's a picture in Isaiah, um, Isaiah chapter 6, um, where Isaiah basically sees this vision uh, of God and angels all. It's just a beautiful picture. Um, and at the end of this, this vision, um, the Lord says to Isaiah, uh, based on these, some of these things that you've seen, who will go, um, whom shall I send? And Isaiah says, yes, here am I. Send me, I'll go. And do whatever you're asking me to do, Lord. I feel a lot like Isaiah right now. Um, I don't feel the most equipped, knowledgeable, talented, uh, gifted uh, person um, to be uh, doing what I do uh, here. But I can tell you uh, that my passion for the next generation uh, is what keeps me driving. Uh, to see kids know Jesus and follow him deeply. 
I've heard the question posed, what are you doing to ensure Hope Church is thriving 100 years from now? Uh, that's a big question, and I don't know how to answer it for you. I hope Jesus comes back by then. Amen? Uh, that would be great. Um, <laughs> but I, I think instead of trying to think that, bad, uh, that big, I am more concerned about what Hope Church will look like a year from now, six months from now. Are we investing in our kids and students here at Hope Church uh, today? Do we care about our kids and students that God has surrounded us with here at Hope Church? I'm going to do something here. Uh, if you were born in the year 1998 or later, um, I'm not, this is not going to be embarrassing, but I want to ask you to stand where you were at. If you were born in the year 1998 or later, would you please stand to your feet? Let me say a few things to you. Uh, some of you may be used to seeing me uh, in different environments. Not here. This is a little weird uh, in here. But let me say a few things to you. You are not just the next generation. You are not just the future church. You are the church of today. And I believe in you. I am for you. There are many kids that are not in this room uh, that need you to step up and be leaders in their lives. My daughter Lennon needs you to be a godly man or woman in her life. But not only am I for you, I believe Hope Church is for you. I believe Hope Church cares deeply about your questions. I believe Hope Church wants to see you succeed. I believe Hope Church wants to see you grow. Hope Church, the ball is in your court today. Are you willing to back up my words? To stand with these individuals? Are you willing to say yes to their questions? Are you willing to say yes to their messiness, to the adventure, to the drama, to the future? Hope Church, this is a need, and some of you want to say yes today. Are you for these kids and students? If you are here today and you want to stand with this next generation, I'm going to ask you to do so right now. Would you stand if you're with... Hope Church family, we are not just recruiting volunteers today. We are enlisting people today to change the world. We're gathering people who want to invest in our most prized possessions, our kids. The next leaders of the church need mature believers in this church to believe in them and to serve them. And there's no greater investment that you can make. Hope Church family, it matters that we get this right. As Tom, Pastor Tom preached from Psalms, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Will you say yes? Will you sign up today to change the world? There are many ways too, but here's one tangible way that we have for you today, going back to embracing the partnership. 
Uh, we have a table out here in the lobby uh, that has a number of cards, preschool, elementary, middle school, high school. Uh, and we're just asking if, if you want to say yes today to let us know. Uh, fill out one of those cards based on an age group preference, uh, giftedness, passions, anything like that. Um, you are not necessarily making a permanent commitment today, uh, but you're just taking a step that says, yes, um, my heart resonates with this. Um, I see the need, and I'm saying, yes, Lord, would you meet that need through me? You may not know what that looks like uh, even when you do that, uh, and that's okay. High school, middle schoolers, same goes to you. Um, I believe in you. Uh, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, uh, and as they uh, do so, I want to pray uh, for our students, our kids, for all of you parents and leaders. Um, so if you uh, have somebody around you uh, that you uh, just believe in, that you want to invest in, pour into, want to know the love of Jesus, you can lay their, your hands on them if you know them, uh, but I'm going to pray uh, as we close. Jesus, we need to see your power. Uh, we need uh, just to people to come together to show your power, your glory, the, the, the amazing things that you do uh, to the next generations that are coming behind us. This is not a new concept for us. Um, in fact, every single person in this room uh, that knows you has come to do so because somebody before them uh, has told them about the truth. And so we need to continue, Jesus, to pass these truths on. Would you help us today to say yes uh, to whatever the things you're stirring in our hearts? Uh, whether that's here at Hope Church or at home in our families or uh, outreach ministries that we're involved in, sports teams, community events. Lord, help us to say yes uh, to the way you're leading in our lives today. Jesus, we love you, uh, and we know that you are for us. And so we want to be for one another as well. We pray these things in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen.